What is influence and how can it help you in B2B? We're going to talk all about influence in this episode of Closing Time. Welcome to Closing Time, the show for go-to-market leaders. My name is Chip House. I'm the CMO of Insightly CRM. And today I'm excited to be joined by Matt Brown. He's a two-time author and also host of the Matt Brown Show. Welcome to the show, Matt. Great to be here, Chip. Super excited. Yeah. So um, as you could tell from my intro, we're going to talk about influence. And you wrote a book called Secrets of Influence. So I know you know a thing or two about this. And this should be an entire softball for you, Matt. What is influence? Um, It's a great question, because if you ask 10 CEOs what is influence, you'll get 10 different answers. Uh, But I think it's probably easier to let uh, the audience know what influence isn't. So uh, influence isn't about vanity metrics, like how how many followers you have. Uh, That's really like influencer marketing, which is really about elevating oneself. So brands paying an influencer to elevate themselves, making money and promoting products that no one really cares about. Uh, But true influence in the context (laughs) of uh, business leadership is not about elevating oneself, it's about elevating others. And if you think about like the world's greatest influencers, uh, think about uh, Elon Musk, if you think about Oprah Winfrey, uh, if you think about Nelson Mandela, I'm from South Africa as an example. Um, if you think about Satya Nadella and what he's done with uh, Microsoft for, from an influence perspective, that's what true influence is. It's about elevating others uh, and not yourself. Uh, from a marketing perspective, it's really about shifting perceptions, inspiring actions, and driving decision-making at scale. And it's one of those things where it feels like you know influence when you see it or experience it. You, you can sense the influence you know, in a, in a great leader like some of the people that you named. Um, you asked me this question. So I was on your show two weeks ago. And you said, Chip, what is influence to you? And I kind of winged an answer, but I said it sits at the intersection of charisma, substance, and trust. And I guess my point there was there's sort of an element about the person that's maybe sort of part of their personality that's maybe unnameable. And then substance means that they, they, they're, they can back whatever their persona is up with real world knowledge or benefit or leadership. And then trust is there's sort of this uh, path of them delivering, you know, of them doing what they said they could do. And so that, that was my best attempt at trying to name what you, what you mean by influence. But I'm curious, you know, um, do you feel if you were going to give three things to describe influence, what would it be for you, Matt? Mm. Well, the important thing to start off with is to understand the context within which influence lives. So if you're an aspiring business leader or a business influencer and you want to influence your market, the number one thing that you need first is attention. So attention today has become the new oil, but influence is the fuel that powers the engine of growth. So you need attention and you need influence. So I want to share with you a quick story, which might land those three things uh, for your audience really well. So when I arrived in the U.S., uh, about 18 months ago, I'd lost all my network. And that's what happens when you move to a different country. Um, and, and you were from South Africa originally, that's correct, right? That's correct, yeah. 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 And so I sent a thousand emails to startups in, in California who had raised a million dollars or more in the preceding uh, year. 
And I sent them a very short email going, hi, my name's Matt Brown. I run a popular business show. And, uh, you know, it's featured Steve Blank and all these famous guys. And I'd love to interview you for, you know, half an hour to give you some free PR exposure. And I went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and I had 190 booked interviews. And that's what I mean by wow. attention and influence. Um, another example uh, to land this point here is this. I ran this series on the show called Secrets of Fail. Um, and so what I wanted to do as an influencer was really paint a counter narrative to what you see on LinkedIn today, which is that everyone's successful. So if you go on LinkedIn, what do you see? You see, you know, people winning awards, companies being bought, and it's just this amazing timeline of success, isn't it? But you and I both know that failure is a big part of becoming successful. It's a prerequisite to mm -hmm. success. And so I did this whole series where I interviewed about 150 CEOs, the aggregate revenues were over 10 billion, just about their failures. And then as an example, uh, what I did was I took that content and created a book, which became a bestseller. And then it was a crazy to see, but we put 300 videos into the market over a period of about 10 days. My organic reach just shot through the, re the roof and I was booked on uh, eight different podcasts within about 10 days. That's what I mean by attention and influence. And then if you think about what I've really done is that I've used my platform to leverage my attention and leverage my influence. So as an example, I invested my time in doing an interview, but then that interview became a chapter in a book, which then became a bestseller, which then drove my speaking opportunities, which then also you know, got a lot of attention in the market and really helped business leaders to get over this idea that failure um, is, uh, is, you know, not a cool thing to talk about. I actually think failure is a very powerful thing to talk about, uh, but we don't do that enough. So it's about attention, influence, and leverage. Those are the three things that uh, really drive uh, impact today. Attention, influence, and leverage. So how does one create attention, right? I mean, is, is influence a choice that we can make? It's always a choice. It's like belonging. You know, if you want to belong to Harley Davidson or KTM, you have to choose. And I think subconsciously we want to choose, right? We want to belong. We want to make a difference deep down. I mean, why do we suffer as business leaders? Why do we suffer as entrepreneurs? Um, it's because we find meaning in that. And if you think about Nelson Mandela, he was in prison for 32 years, right? Suffering for 32 years. But when he came out, he forgave, you know, his, uh, his uh, persecutors. And he transformed South Africa, right? So that's what I mean. Uh, it's a choice. He didn't have to choose that, but he did. Um, and that's what made him such a powerful influencer. What would your advice be to somebody in the B2B space? Was, in general, people that watch this are B2B go-to-market leaders. How do they put influence to work for themselves and their own brands? Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. So what I found in the go-to-market space, I mean, I spent a lot of time at, in ad agencies like TBWA, Ogilvy, and all this kind of stuff. And also, I talk to business leaders every day. And what I see on LinkedIn predominantly is that go-to-market leaders are focused on marketing the problem and their solutions, but not their value. So let me unpack that in the context of the Matt Brown Show. So if I was marketing the problem, right, what would I say to a CEO? I'd say to him, hey, uh, why don't you come onto my show? You're looking for some free PR exposure or would, do you need PR exposure? Come onto the Matt Brown Show. It has an audience in 100 countries and I'll interview you. But that's not my value. 
That's the problem that I can solve and that's the solution that I can provide, but it's not my value. So what is my value? Well, my value is I've done over 800 episodes with CEOs, billionaires, New York Times bestselling authors. Imagine the knowledge capital within those 800 episodes and all the experience, the insights, the lessons and the perspective. What is that worth versus marketing an interview for 60 minutes? That's what I mean by value. So I think the question that I'd like to pose to go to marketers is, what is your real value? If you if you shifted your frame from the problem that you solve and the solution that you provide, what is your real value? And think about what that means and what you would do to your go-to-market strategy if you came up with a different question and a different answer to what you do as a business. I mean, there, there's so much value in those stories from, from business leaders, and they all bring their own perspectives, their own industry, their own background. And... You know, I, I just had breakfast this morning with a CMO who's in an entirely different industry. And I think we learned a lot from each other, right? Be, because I think that the the benefits of talking to other people is you get an idea of how they're impacting their own audiences. So one of the things I, I guess I would build on is, can I harness the influence in others if I'm a, somebody that's inspiring or inspired to try to build my own influence, but maybe I haven't done it yet. How in B2B can I harness or can I harness the influences of others? So it's a great, another great question, Chip. You're putting me in the hot seat today. Um, <laughs> so um, That's what we do here at Closing Time. Yeah, exactly. Matt. Closing yeah. Time. Well, let's close this one out for your, for your audience. So I'll, I'll share what I'm currently doing to leverage the influence of others to expand my own influence. So if you think about what I'm doing with the Matt Brown show, so a podcast is actually a really fantastic lead generation tool. Uh, people seem to think it's a thought leadership vehicle, but it, it really isn't. Uh, in other words, Chip, if you're interviewing me, right, I'm the expert. And when I was interviewing you, you were the expert. So it's important to recognize that a podcast is not positioning you as an expert. It's just facilitating conversation and utility for an audience. Um, but what I'm doing with uh, my own show is I'm inviting mid-market CEOs, as an example, to come onto my show for an interview. And so what I'm doing here is, is I'm activating an emotional trigger. And specifically, that emotional trigger is reciprocity. So now what I'm doing is I'm giving a CEO my access to my platform for half an hour for him to promote his story or to talk about a conversation that matters to both of us. And at the end of that interview, I can simply say to him or her, I really enjoyed talking to you. I'd love to talk to you about why, because I, you know, I feel like we can add value there. And I can tell you now, for every hundred times that I do that as an example, 99 times I will get that meeting. But why? Because I'm activating that emotional trigger of reciprocity. In other words, when you do something for someone else, you benefit the most. And here's the beautiful part about that. When that podcast goes out, when that video goes out, what does that CEO do? Well, he shares it on LinkedIn. He shares it with his team. He shares it with his networks. He shares it with other influencers. And so what I've done is I've given him access to my platform. But what I've really done is I've harnessed his influence in his network by giving him value-added content and a platform that can not only make a difference to him and myself, but to his networks as well. Yeah, so I think there's there's a lot to unpack there. I, you know, one of the things I would say is, you know, when I was on your show, um, 
you know, if you have influence, Matt, right, does that make you an influencer, right? I, I, when I think about being able to be in front of your audience, it's of value to me and to my brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think people get so romanced with the the downloads, right? Well, how many followers do you have? So like I get 11,000 streams a month on average just on Spotify. And when I think about that, do I, do I go to myself, well, Joe Rogan's getting a million. So is, am I doing enough? Am I influencing enough? And so this is what happens with podcasters. There's a whole graveyard of podcasts with three episodes that could have been something great, but people quit because they're focusing on the wrong things. So I don't care about the 11,000 streams on Spotify. I care about the one stream where that person, him or her, listened to what you had to say, Chip, or listened to what I had to say, or listened to, to something someone else had to say, and then made a decision we in, in other words, we inspired an action or we shifted a perception and then they made a decision to not quit or they made the decision to do something differently. So that's what I think is important today to think about when, you know, what is real influence? It's about the one person. It's not if you can reach, if you can impact a million or a billion, fantastic, but most of us can't. But it's not about the 11,000 streams. It's about the one stream that makes all the difference. Yeah, entirely. I mean, we all live in the, the long tail now, you know, and I was just thinking about this as Spotify came out with their rankings and Taylor Swift had 26 billion streams in the last year. And I noticed a local musician friend of mine who I, I love. He's, I think he's a, a phenomenal musician, uh, Rob Meany, and he had 25,000 streams, right? Which is great for, I think, a, a local talent, you know, and you know, he's heavily appealing to the audience that loves his music. And I think that that's, that's fine. You know, he, he's not, everybody has to be Taylor Swift or a gigantic brand to have impact with their influence. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I don't know if you remember um, this idea of, you know, you need a thousand true fans. So when uh, the internet had had sex and social media arrived, um, it was like, well, how many true fans can I get? And it used to be a thousand. I actually think today, that you need a hundred, you need a hundred true fans. You need far less, uh, you know, sort of scale to really impact uh, and generate commercial value. Yeah. Well, this is a great discussion, Matt. Thanks so much. Any final thoughts for us? Um, yes. Uh, Plato said, uh, if any man, I'm paraphrasing it, but if any man uh, doesn't invest in his influence, he will be ruled by lesser men. And so invest in your influence. It's a, the currency of future business leadership. I love that. Wow. Ending with a, a quote from Plato. That's amazing. <laughs> I think that's maybe the first Plato quote we've had. Madalicious. That was pretty, oh. pretty solid. <laughs> I see what you did there, Chipalicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, it was phenomenal having you, Matt. Thanks so much for taking time. Oh, dude, it's been a real privilege. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe we'll find time to have you back and to drill it more into your fail book. I think that's super interesting as well. Um, and thanks to all of you for joining us on this episode of Closing Time. And tick the bell, hit subscribe, and we'd love to see you again. Thanks. <laughs>